So welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help your scalar business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is Matthias Tulin, the co-founder and chief strategy officer at Get Accept. Matthias, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to, to have you on the show. And as usual, it has been a long marathon, so but finally we were able to find the slots that we uh, each of us were, were available. And uh, are you joining from Sweden in what city? Yeah, exactly. So uh, currently I'm in Malmö, so uh, just next to Copenhagen. Awesome. Love so, it. Southern part of Sweden. So I think uh, I, I'm used to like, like uh, jumping between time zones, but it's always a little bit more hassling to, to find time slots. That's great. And I, I must admit that I need to thank you to Kristen Brink Fredriksen, the CEO of Leapwork that is based in Copenhagen, a uh, CEO that I have the, the pleasure of working with. And I saw a, a LinkedIn post where I saw the amazing job that you guys uh, are doing. And it was your case, Matthias. And I, I couldn't resist to invite you guys to join the, the show and to share your experience. So who is Matthias Tulin? So yeah, <laughs> should I explain who I am? I, I'm a crazy entrepreneur. No, I can say I spent the last 20 years of building sales and marketing companies and, and always based on my own frustrations. I think that's a good, good one because then you exactly. know at least that you solve one person's problem. So uh, I'm coming from, I'm actually a mechan mechanical engineer in my background, but that was mm -hmm. just far too boring. So I started in the CRM <laughs> industry and then I founded a company and more or less defined the marketing automation up in, in the Nordics in, in the Northern Europe. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so it, it was a marketing, uh, marketing automation and lead generation too. Uh, I started that company in 2007, we sold it 2013. And, uh -huh. uh, and then, and then we discussed like, okay, what's what's the next frustration? And uh, then we saw like, okay, we fixed the like lead generation process, but the last mile of the sales process, that one that's all, always based on a gut feeling. That one we wanted to address with with like technology in, in a good way and create some structure. So that's why we co-founded uh, or I co-founded Get Accept in 2015, and it's actually a, a San Francisco-based company. So we are four Swedish founders, but we joined Y Combinator and moved to San Francisco. And uh, yeah, not now due to the pandemic, I'm, I'm back in Sweden, but uh, let's see how long I can, I can stay here until I go back to US. Absolutely. And, and that's curious because I think that uh, the Nordics are quite strong going to the US super, super quickly um, compared to other regions in, in Europe where that transition might be a little bit more difficult, but I'm seeing again and again, a lot of cases and Sweden is, is really a benchmark given by the unicorns per capita um, that are created uh, in that powerhouse, powerhouse in, in the Nordics, right? So, and, and good to know that uh, it's not only Stockholm, it's also Malmo uh, in, 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 in this case, right? And explain a little bit more about Get Asset and uh, where are you in terms of the stage of growth, and et cetera, et cetera. So it gives more context to the conversation that we'll have next in terms of sharing your lessons. Yeah, sure. No, so, so like I mentioned, I mean, with, with the Get Accept, we want to solve like the last mile of the sales process. So you can say we de de developed a platform that we call like the deal room. So it's the go-to place for to manage the sales process, both for the buyer and for the salesperson. So it includes, of course, features like e-signatures, you can communicate in there via live chat and video and so on and, and share different type of content pieces. 
to understand like everyone involved in, 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 the, in the deal. And we started more like with, with document tracking and e-signing uh, back in 2015, and then it just developed. And, and uh, with remote sales now, we really see like our vision with DRAM exploding. Uh, we currently uh, have offices in eight different countries. We have uh, 165 employees. I need to count them now. Uh, and uh, we just raised uh, this winter our Series B. So that's where we are in, in stage of like growth and, and, uh, and people and headcounts. Yeah, and it would be important to say that, uh, again, it was a, a very strong tier one investor after DN Capital. Now it's Bessemer who is backing uh, get accept which, which shows uh, kind of the elite club uh, and the kind of track record that you guys uh, have achieved so far. And yeah. we're also sharing that it has been huge growth in terms of headcount in the last 90 days and, and new waves of scaling up uh, are coming in the upcoming 90 days <laughs> as well. Absolutely. I think from now on, it will never end. <laughs> exactly. In, in our way to 100 million, uh, then, <laughs> then there is always the chance if you want to go IPO to go to 1B, right? So it, it never literally uh, ends. No, my, and, my wife is not believing me. I always say like next month will be slower. I will have more time for the family. Exactly. Uh, I wish that now it's 10 years, so she, she doesn't believe it's, it's the growth paradox, right? We think that uh, we will get into milestone, it will become easier, but it, it becomes even more difficult as, as we are more and more successful. I've been listening a lot about the burden of success, and I think that's, that's really the point. As, as more successful you are, the standards are going up and up and up and up, and of course, uh, you need to be prepared to exercise the muscles uh, along the way. So we always discuss on the show three critical ingredients to scale. Number one, radical focus. Number two, world-class leadership. And number three, uh, the execution OS, the execution operating system. So starting with radical focus. And we all know, and I, we had this conversation uh, sometimes together before the show, around the importance of focus. You even gave me examples about the product and your approach to product, et cetera, et cetera. And what I'm most interested in, I think that audience as well, is that typically the playbook of SaaS would say, so maybe you don't start with enterprise straight away. You start with mid-market because it's easy to start generating sales, et cetera. You don't have a brand out there. It's too complex enterprise. And then you go up market. And now you are at series B. So there is this huge temptation. So now get set should go up market into enterprise. And it seems that you are fully focused on serving SMB, kind of the upspot approach. There is an amazing talk online uh, that one of the founders, I don't remember who explains that they were, they faced the same and they were able to get to 1B in revenue without having any issues to just focus it on SMB. And this is one of the reasons of their success. Again, radical focus on a specific core customer. Matthias, your, your take. No, I, I, I totally agree. And, and I should lie if I said that we haven't been challenged a lot during uh, fundraising. Like, like uh, that's the typical case. You start with SMB and then you move up market to, to enterprise. But um, I mean, looking at my history, so that was exactly what we did with my previous company. We started SMB and, and moved up with marketing automation platform to, to enterprise. And uh, I think you limit yourself a lot. And, and I mean, what we wanted to achieve with, with GetAccept is really to like 
change the way how we close some deals. And if you want to change like a full process uh, for how salespeople works, then you really need to be to be like a global company and you need to, to have a big audience. It's not only for, for the enterprise sales reps. So when we started the company, we really said this needs to be like a big global SMB company. And uh, if we want to be successful, uh, we really need to go with a product led growth strategy. So that was also like very important. That's a, like a, one of the mechanisms if you want to be SMB. Because I think at the same time, the challenge uh, with SMB is that the, the customer acquisition cost is you need to really be effective to make that calculation work. Exactly. So that's why you need to have like a product led uh, strategy if you want to become successful. So I think that's always been our focus. Uh, and, and of course, that's hard when you start in the beginning. I mean, we're coming from, from, from the sales backgrounds. So we were far too eager to wait for the products. We started sales. So you can say it really be like, like outbound sales, like the first year and uh, yeah, one, two years. And, and after that, it was really like inbound machinery. So, so like last year, it was 70% of our revenue coming only from like inbound. And now you can say we, we're really switching into like a product-led growth instead. Uh, and that's really, that hurts a lot <laughs> when you have revenue and you need to like, like say no to revenue because you need to invest in the product and let the customers use it to really get the full value out of it until you ask for, for the money. So, so, so that's hard, uh, but, but I think we really found investors understanding that and believing in our strategy and believing in SMB. But I mean, at the same time, of course, we, we have customers as Samsung and Siemens really using it. So of course it works for enterprise as well, but our radical focus, like you call it, is really on SMB. Yeah, that's where we want to scale and have a, a scalable process. Right. And, and even there, let, let me challenge you as well there. So there's really the kind of the big area of the Asia's goal or the vision, the long-term, and then we need to kind of do the reverse engineering exercise to, to the present. And we can kind of segment that SMB market, right? Because again, that SMB has different geos, has different verticals uh, and different sizes within the SMB. So how do you guys assure radical focus within the SMB leaving enterprise out? Yeah, you can say, I mean, we have done a very good internal work of really figuring out our ICP. I think that's very yeah. important if you want, want to, to, to scale your business. Understanding the, the Customers giving you the highest NPS. Why do they love you so much? And, and, and how can you find uh, twins of that type of companies? So, so for us, it was like, okay, how can we find people working with proactive with sales? Uh, what type of verticals, what type of markets have like the evolution of like adapting e-signatures and so on? So, I mean, right. you need to do your homework to, to be able to like target the right markets. I, I totally Thanks, agree. Sir. And I think it's also important to understand so what you actually call like in, in the Nordics enterprise, that's still like SMB. <laughs> exactly. you, you need to define the terminology since we have uh, uh, offices both in, in US and in, in, uh, in Europe. So like really define it by company size, uh, how many sales reps and, and so on. Uh, so, so thank God that you're having tools out there to help you to, to like uh, quickly review the companies uh, that's coming. And in terms of verticals, that, that's where I usually I also challenge a lot the teams that I work with is kind of you, you try to go into three, five, ten verticals. Do you have any approach into the number of verticals, any specialization in terms of squads working around verticals? I saw 
also someone who was kind of having two verticals and a third vertical, which was the lab, kind of where you test potential new verticals for future growth. Yeah. I, I like the approach of having one, which is kind of other, but even more than other is kind of lab. It's okay, that's where we do the experimentation before we move it from startup to scale up. So this is a vertical that now is in scale up. It's tested, there is product market fit. We know what, what is developed position, how, how people use the product, et cetera, et cetera. So do you have any approach around that in terms of specialization of, of some cross-functional teams? Uh, absolutely. I, I can say we've been like through three different type of journeys. I mean, early days, it was a lot of like founders, our early employees, they, they, they had like the experience to, to like handle more or less every type of case. And then we, we more or less define them uh, via like uh, company size and practice sales process. And, and after that, when you're hiring a lot of uh, salespeople, you need to make sure that, that, that you can make it scalable. And we, we decided to, to build up squads, uh, a little bit like, like how you build up a development teams. So you had like one uh, front end, one back end, one exactly. and so on. And we decided to build sales teams like that. So we had one sales team working uh, with like one industry uh, with SDRs, customer success, executives in one group because then they have so much uh, transformation of information. You, you make sure that they learn from all the cases and so on. So, so we defined five early uh, different squads working with, on different uh, verticals. But that was very, very successful for us. And, and then we actually had so if you remember back in the days, we, we got something called GDPR. So we had one ver uh, yeah. squad only working against that, that type of, of uh, cases, being really, really uh, experienced talking about the e-signatures and, and, and legal questions and so on. And, and then we had actually a little bit, like you said, also like the labs trying out new markets because we see if we're having like a lot of, since we have a lot of built-in morality in our products, since it exposes the end users that also, uh, receive the, the, the content. Um, we see that, that sometimes, oh, we have a lot of signups now from Italy. Let's, uh, let's review and check if Italy could be an interesting market for us. We had like one lab score team to like investigating a new model. That's, that's a great, that's a great one. And yeah, that's a good, yeah, go ahead. So now when we're going into like really, you can say from startup mode to scale mode, now we actually centralize some part of the processes again. So we, we have actually moved out the SDR team. So SDR is now centralized. So they, they're working from one place against the whole Europe and, and from one place in the US. And then we also have a one specific team for only the enterprise deals. We don't want to mix that in, in this course. So you need to change that setup during the journey, but it's very, successful early days to make sure that you learn from all the cases right so we kind of approach the the size component and you just also said about being super clear about if you what what is the definition of size and what is the ad count because if you compare different markets like the nordics or europe to, to the us it's completely different second we discussed the verticals and this squad uh, approach of cross-functional teams as we do in product engineering applied to, to sales and marketing. And, and in terms of geography, so you kind of started up already in San Francisco um, and usually would say that that's something that I've seen the Nordics doing very well uh, as we spoke at the beginning of the show. But at the same time, I see that you are also selling in, in Europe. So how, how do you sure focus around the geography um, variable? 
I, I mean, the people selling to US, they live in US. So, so uh, yeah. due to the time zone. Where, where do you double down? Where do you decide where to double down? So if, if in some markets in Europe or if in the US or in what regions in the US, that was kind of more the framework where, where I'm coming from. You, you, you can say in the beginning, we doubled down in Europe because we're having like a huge network there. We know all the CRM providers and so on. Got so it. it's easy for us to like start and scale there. But I mean, uh, we, with our big uh, global dreams, I mean, we need to go to US. Uh, that, that's a very big market for us. It's a very important market. And, and uh, right now we focus a lot. And, and I think you need to decide as far as you, you, you can't do like US with, with the left hand. If you want to be successful, you need to move there. You need to like investigate and really learn the culture and everything. So I lived there for three and a half years and, and learned a lot. And now uh, I was supposed to be there 50% of my time. So waiting to come back for sure. But, but you can also say um, another way of thinking of, of like your ICP is also we are quite, I wouldn't say agnostic. We have some better verticals and in industries, but it's also a technical vertical. And, depending on like what CRM they use and so on, because we're always connected into to like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that makes life much easier for us to like, if we know that, that they use HubSpot, Pipedrive or Salesforce and so on, then we know that they are quite sales driven and they have a budget probably and uh, it's a good fit for us. And if you combine that it's with the, that they are 20 salespeople, uh, then you know, okay, uh, that one is definitely in our ICP. I love it. It's the ICP having a very concrete thesis, uh, ensuring that we are all on the same page or on where are the customers that can benefit the most with the product and where we have most experience with, right? And where we can be super quick to add value to those customers, then retain them and upsell them. Um, so making our partnership successful at the end of the day, making them successful for us to be successful <laughs> together. So going into number two, world-class leadership. I, I love this one, uh, which is we need to assure that we have the right people on the right seats for each stage of growth. And I would add, and I've been repeating this a lot on the show, that we need to make them a team. So it would be important to start thinking about people that can cover multiple stages, because if we need to completely change the team for each stage of growth, it is a nightmare because it takes time to build a, a team and having results of doubling and tripling revenues every single year, uh, rebuild, the rebuilding teams would be too risky and too difficult to survive the, those multiple cycles. So how did you approach assuring that you have the right teams for each stage of growth? I, I, I mean, I mean, that's always been like number one prior for us. Hire the best people, <laughs> then your life will be so much easier. So, I mean, working with culture, I mean, even before we started, we knew like what type of core values we wanted. And then we re-evaluated when we have hired the first 10 people, like, is it the core values or have they actually changed now when we hire people? And then we review them all the time, working a lot with uh, OKRs, uh, making sure to mes measure everything like, like employee MPS. We just, um, you mentioned that we hired so many people now this year. That's of course very important, but at the same time, we also measure the MPS score of the people we decide to not hire. So, so we make sure that we always leave good people behind. And it doesn't matter if we say no to a recruitment or no to customers, you always need to, to like make sure that that you love it. You treat everyone in a good way. 
So, I mean, I, th I think we want to measure everything. Uh, we invest, people know that the founders really care about this. Uh, I, I'm still responsible for more or less, together with some of the new employees, all parties, uh, company events. Mm -hmm. It's so damn important. So Absolutely. you really need to, to like show everyone that you, you spend money, time and passion uh, for and caring about them, please. And I always thought like the first hour every morning, I just walk around and talk with people. And now when, when it's pandemic, I just call people randomly. Love it. Make sure I get the pulse what's happening. Even though we're sending out the uh, um, uh, questions and, 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 uh, and uh, EMPS like every week, we still need to like get the, uh, get the honest feedback from all of them. Love it. And you kind of introduced it already, the number three, the execution operating system, when you started talking about OKRs and even some of your personal rituals. So, and, and even the collective rituals, so the parties, the all hands, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what are some of the rituals or some of the execution tricks or experiences that that's sometimes some teams are able to have some rituals that really help them to be quite unique, to build amazing cultures and be super effective. Now, and I really, let me say this as well, in my experience with Leapwork, I'm super, super impressed by the level of effectiveness of, of the Nordics in that sense. Um, so I think that it's a culture that can be brutally honest, but at the same time, very kind. And, and also have a lot of fun at the same time, which, which is difficult to see, right? Being direct, being kind and having fun and being straight to the point. So it, it's not easy to have all of this in the same personality. Maybe I'm generalizing according to my experience, but uh, what no, are no, your comments? I, I definitely think that, that you're onto something there. Uh, and, and that was like, like hard for us uh, moving to US to understand like, are you actually so positive or is this like the honest feedback <laughs> or, or is it fake? Uh, because we are very direct and transparent and like feedback directly. So, so uh, and we are very transparent. We let people know when, when we are disappointed. We let people know when they're doing really good. Uh, and I think that's like the culture we want to be. That's a good point. Uh, and, and thank you for saying the kind words of the Nordics. I, I think sometimes we are known for like everyone needs to be involved in all decisions and, and uh, no decisions made. Uh, so, so for us, I mean, uh, our... I have the opposite experience. So there, there is clearly a myth and that was my perception as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think we, we are obsessed in being effective. And, and I think uh, uh, our, our first culture thing is like, we hate meetings. So like, make sure that, that if you have a meeting, make sure exactly. that you make, any, make decisions and that it's valuable. People can be prepared because time is the most valuable we have. And, and we, when we run projects, we make sure to like have few people involved and then you always have like a reference group. So it's better to like have, okay, you two people, you run this project, uh, but you can use the, the management team or, or like this group of people for, for reference uh, to get feedback. And I think that's a very effective way of, of running projects. Like take ownership, be responsible and, and accountable for, 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 for that project. And, and then you get, get go or no go from, from our reference group. So that's how we like to work. And, and, and always like think, but not too long. <laughs> Love it. That, that's a great, 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 great point. Before we, we prepare to wrap up the show, I wanted to go a step back into the radical focus bit because there is something that you talked to me in our first conversation that really 
I, I really enjoy it in terms of radical focus and using products, uh, also applying radical focus in products in order to build a revenue machine that is really repeatable, scalable, and profitable. And you're talking about, the, again, the less is more around products. Could you, could you explain? Um, do you remember that story or do you want me to refresh your memory about that conversation? Oh, I, I, I think you're, you're thinking about uh, when I needed to kill my darlings. Exactly. And, and that's, of course, I mean, like, like I said in the beginning, uh, we built the company based on our own frustrations. And then if you add features to solve your own pains, I mean, then you really want them. And, and I mean, one, one, one of our features was really the one why Combinator really liked. They have never seen that before. And like, oh, that's amazing. But we just ended up seeing that it's driving too much support. It's definitely not scalable and it doesn't align with our, our process. We need to remove that feature. And, and that hurts, but uh, I mean, that's the mindset you need to have uh, to, to like make sure that you can, can scale the business in a good way. So um, <laughs> you can't be too emotional being, being a founder. You need to like think about customers, make life easy. And, and uh, I, I think products needs to be simple today uh, because you're having so many products, uh, you, you just except the sales process really changed. Uh, I mean, we are not the only one going with the product-led growth strategy. So uh, that, that's something you need to, to have in, keep in mind always when, when you develop new features. And actually, I learned another thing from, from, uh, from HubSpot when I met Darmesh, and, and he said, spend at least one third of the time when you're developing a new feature only on naming to make sure that people understand what's it for and what it's like. And that was really an eye opener for me, like, yes. And then we also work a lot with, with the uh, C, uh, CMO, Bill McKites from, from Slack, built up that. And he said, we had 36 iterations by, for only uh, implementing the emojis. And like, oh my God, <laughs> if it would be good accept early days, it would be like one iteration and then it's probably good enough. So we learned so much, like it's so much better to make things really good that you want to, be good at instead of just like adding things all the time so like radical focus even for for product development is super important i enjoyed also the example that you gave that one of those features uh, was super valued by some of the customers uh, but you kind of needed to go into a call and spend one hour explaining how the feature works and yeah. you kind of realize that if i need to go into a call to explain how a feature works uh, this will not scale at all. So we need to kill this, even if some of the customers are super, super happy. So how to communicate to customers that are super happy with one of your features that you will eliminate that feature from the product? <laughs> and I think you just need to be bloody honest. I think you need to present like the strategy. I mean, we don't want to be like a consultant organization. You don't want to pay for that. It's too complicated to maintain that feature. So this is like the best for, for, for both you and for us. And sometimes in this case, we actually have a workaround so they can do it like themselves if they use our API. So, so they can still solve it if it's super important for them, but uh, you shouldn't be too afraid of, of like uh, killing, killing uh, features that that's not scalable. Uh, and, and many times you don't know that until you have released them and you get like the support feedback and so on. And, 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 and it hurts. I mean, you invested so much time. So that's why many startups end up like, oh, we, but we built it. Uh, we invested so many hours so we can't kill that product now. So that's the tough decisions you need to, to take. Love it. And uh, 
So you are an entrepreneur, but you also in the meantime have became, became an investor as well in others. And you have also been nominated entrepreneur of the year uh, in Malmo in 2020. So before going to the last question of the show, uh, any advice that you'd like to offer or what, do, do you see other patterns when you became kind of more an investor? Uh, and I think it helps you also as a tech entrepreneur, right? And you have been uh, executing or founding multiple companies and it helps, but also being on the, on the investor side helps you to get more perspective, even about getting to know yourself, right? Because you see in others, some of your uh, behaviors. Yeah, I, I think nowadays I care less about the ID and more about the person behind. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, you need to kill features. Sometimes you need to do like a big pivot and really change due to like legal things or, or like totally uh, things you, uh, that's not in your control. And, and then you need to have like really uh, people with the mindset that they can be resilient to like change focus and, and, uh, and continue. Uh, so the passion needs to be like building business and solving problems and making something people really want instead of like being obsessed with that specific idea. Love it. Great summary. It, it seems easy, but this deserves kind of a repetition of this several times for the ones who are listening to the show. And last question of the show now. Uh, so if you would have a coffee with yourself at the beginning of this journey with GetAcept, beginning of or middle of 2015, what advice would you offer to your younger Matthias? Oh, it's super easy for me. Ask for advice. I mean, I, I was the... the the, the founder of like, I solve everything myself. Uh, I, I will uh, Google uh, and, and figure out everything myself. And the more I work, the more I ask for advice myself. Uh, I mean, we just did, uh, re redid like our pricing and packaging. I think we had like five different advisors just bouncing ideas. So it's still us coming up with the concept, but we ask for feedback and advice. Mm -hmm. And just imagine if I did that back in the days instead of trying to figuring out uh, everything myself. So. The, the older I get, the more I ask for advice. And people actually want to help, so use that. Love it. Matthias, thanks so much for making the time and sharing your journey with us. Thank you. Looking forward to meet you in Sweden. <laughs> Absolutely. And to our community, thank you so much for joining us today. It was Matthias Tulin, the co-founder and chief strategy officer at GetAcept. So we keep bringing you the best of the best. See you soon and keep scaling.